And we are back with another edition of the Northeast Newscast. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Paul Thompson, and I'll be joined this week by Northeast Kansas City Chamber of Commerce President and CEO and Independence Avenue CID Manager, Bobby Baker Hughes. It's a busy time on Independence Avenue, and development news is churning out at a frantic clip, including the recent grand opening of the Pendleton Flats apartment complex, the construction work already underway at the former Mi Mercado, which will soon become a family dollar store, We'll also discuss the 16 planters that were destroyed along the avenue a couple of weeks back, how long they will take to replace, and at what cost, and how they can be better protected in the future. We'll also dive into some of the investigative work undertaken by Baker Hughes after the vandalism was committed. And lastly, we'll talk about a sign ordinance that is being pushed through City Hall, and how it might impact businesses in the Northeast community. I think you've heard plenty from me, so let's get to my conversation with Bobby Baker Hughes of the Independence Avenue CID, in the Northeast Kansas City Chamber of Commerce. And this is Paul Thompson sitting alongside Bobby Baker Hughes in the CID offices on Independence Avenue. Thank you for taking the time today. Hey, thank you very much for being here. Absolutely. I guess before we go too far, I should properly introduce you. You are the Northeast Kansas City Chamber of Commerce president and CEO, as well as the CID's manager. And I think I got those titles correct this time. I think you did it. Okay, good. Well, let's jump into the meat of this thing. I wanted to start by asking you about those planters. I think 16 of them in total were destroyed, and this would have been two Saturdays ago? Yes, yes. Can you run me through the hours, the days following that? When did you first find out that those were destroyed? We, uh, We had our avenue angels and our urban street ambassadors let us know first thing on Monday morning that the planters, many of them, had been knocked over and busted up. And then we were notified by one of our CID businesses who has video that they had a pretty decent video of who had done it. So we uh, had a copy of the video our CID Avenue Angels, they checked into it, they checked it out. They were able to identify the young woman that apparently was walking down the street, down Independence Avenue, from anywhere from 11 p.m. until 7.30 a.m., knocking him over. We know the first sighting was by a friend of the community who said they saw their first the first one that they drove by at 11 p.m. So we know it started relatively early in the night. And it kept going <clears throat> into the early hours or early morning going. hours of Sunday. It kept going into 16 planters busted up. I mean, what's that initial reaction like for you? You find out about this thing, you're enjoying a nice weekend. Or you get into the office on Monday, and this is sitting on your plate right away. Well, it's kind of heartbreaking for not just me, not not me, but for for the community, I think, as a whole. Mm -hmm. The businesses, the businesses calling us saying, hey, my planner got busted up. Uh, Residents making, you know, making posts that, hey, who would do this? This really hurts. We can't have nothing nice. Why'd they do this? Why'd they do this? And that was kind of the... And people were incensed over it. Why did they do this? Mm-hmm. And you have to believe that it's somebody who has some real anger issues. 
you, you just have to believe that that's the reason. It's not because they're mad at the planter or that they don't like the planters. There has to be something that causes someone as early as 10 o'clock at night and maybe before just to start walking down the avenue and busting something up. Yeah, what do those planters ever do to you, right? I mean, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's tough. And it... I know when all these beautification efforts have, you know, been underway for for some time already, you the hope is that this kind of march towards that beautification is sort of a straight line, right? But I guess the reality is that it's not always that smooth and you kind of have to deal with those pitfalls occasionally. How have you managed it? You have to keep your eye on the end game and know that we are going to have those pitfalls because there are there are people in our community who have anger management issues. And as we're making the change, you know, we, one of our board members said, we're moving minds, not dirt. And that is what we've been doing is, you know, you, we're working on moving minds. We, we put together a small card that we hand out to folks that, the urban street ambassadors and the avenue angels run into that might have issues it's a resource card to to be able to help them find a better place in their own mind and that's what happens with our beautification efforts as people pull the flowers out uh, we've got to address those those anger issues through hopefully being able to direct them to someone who can help them that's all we can do is to w- work with them through the partners that we've developed. Whether that be social services or a mental health professional or something of that nature. Exactly, exactly. So then as as those issues start to be resolved, in the meantime, we're, we're still going back and replanting flowers. And in this case, we'll be putting in in the spring, we'll wait until the spring to replace the broken planters. And we'll replace them, and we'll have a we'll have one less person that will want to go on such a, such destruction as she did. Mm-hmm. We looked at the videos and didn't see the young lady for about a week or so. We made a police report. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a um, there is a detective that has that case. We think that we have more, we have discovered, uncovered more information to be able to give to the detective to the point that yesterday we had a conversation, the Avenue Angels had a conversation with the woman who was the uh, key suspect, mm-hmm. and she admitted to them that she, quote, I guess I have anger issues. As a sort of like a conciliatory moment there? Pretty much. Right. I guess I have anger issues. Right. Uh, <clears throat> so I, She didn't deny the she, charge. She did not deny the charge. <laughs> she, she, uh, she admitted that she was, she's the culprit. And when asked why she did it above and beyond anger issues, the other response was, they're ugly. It's concrete on concrete with dirt. Well, put the flowers back into it that you've been stealing. Stop stealing the flowers. And she was uh, she was the one who was pulling She's the flowers flower. out, too. She's a flower thief, too. Wow. So it sounds like we're moving a little closer towards a resolution. Did you pass that information along to authorities at this point? 
that information has been passed along. Okay. So we uh, we hope to be able to have that resolved. So there is this sort of investigative element as well, right? I mean, you find out about it on Monday morning and you start backtracking. You're talking to people who maybe had seen it, looking through the video, reaching out to authorities, putting together suspects. I think I saw you at an event the week following and you wouldn't give me details at the time, but you did mention that you're in the middle of this sort of investigation, so to speak. Uh, how did it feel to be able to put some pieces together and identify who the who the individual was who committed the vandalism and what their motives were and kind of be able to come to some sort of resolution at least? Well, I think everybody felt really good about their efforts of being able to Yep, both the USA's, the Urban Street Ambassadors, mm -hmm. as well as the Titan Avenue Angels, they're all trying so very hard to make the district a better place. And it's a bit of a slap in the face to them, I think, because they do so much work. I mean, I've been out there with Herbert and some of the rest of the team as they pick up trash. And on those especially dirty days where people have been especially irresponsible, you know, you feel for them because they're out there trying to do this day in and day out and make it better. So, yeah. And and doing the same thing every day, mm -hmm. every day. And some days you can see, you know, they're excited, to your point, they're excited on some days to come back in at the end of the day and say, man, it wasn't as bad out there today. Right. And then tomorrow you go out there and you're picking up broken pieces of the planter and loading up the busted up planter into the back of the truck mm -hmm. and shoveling up the gravel and the dirt and knowing that you've nurtured those plants all spring all summer long and now you're basically putting them to rest right so it was really good for them to be a part of following the clues and trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together right. and helped mend their, mend their hearts a bit. Right, and it's uh, some solace, I would think, for that moment on Monday morning when you happen upon those broken planters and realize that on that day you've taken a couple of steps back rather than a step forward. So uh, it is nice to hear that, that they were active participants in that. And I, I did want to follow up as well. You mentioned that replacement will probably be take place sometime this spring do we have an idea at what cost that might be how much they would those 16 would, would cost to replace I think by the time we purchase planters I mean the overall the complete cost of that it's a project right 16 planters and you're paying people to <clears throat> put them back out there to get the flowers things like that I mean you're probably Roughly. looking in the neighborhood of about $5,000. Right. So it's a significant hit, and it's... Absolutely. Really for no reason. Anger management issues. No right. no reason, be, because there are places that that young woman can go and start to work that through, work that out. Right. I think we could turn this entire podcast into a soliloquy about how to handle mental health and the type of services that maybe we could be providing these people. But <laughs> maybe at this point it would be best to, to move along and accept the resolution as we've got it so far. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk about that because I thought it was kind of neat, the effort that the CID, the ambassadors, people who care about the avenue 
I've been putting in to kind of achieve that resolution. So I thought it was worth mentioning. That being said, there's a lot of other things happening. There's a lot of developments, no pun intended. So I thought maybe we can talk about some of those. I guess the one that, that kind of kicked things off of late was the grand opening for the Pendleton Flats apartments. I, I've had a chance to check them out inside. I think you and I have talked about it too, mm-hmm. you know, about, well, maybe I can get out of my lease and, and get in there because it's a pretty cool pretty cool facility they put together. And I think, it, in my opinion, that will help drive enthusiasm for further projects, especially for residential stuff along the avenue. The Arts Block is another Paseo Gateway project that's coming up. So I think that's an exciting thing. And I just wanted to get a chance to talk to you, maybe not necessarily specifically about the Arts Block project, but I wanted to ask you about other residential projects along the avenue. Where do you think the next shoe to drop on that front will be? I'd like to see the next shoe drop at Independence Avenue in Benton. Mm-hmm. I think that could be another, that's, a, that's, that's another perfect location. Well, for, for the record, that's where we've, we had the intersection improvements. You've got the beautification efforts there that have been pretty successful, and I think people are pretty happy with it. Mm-hmm. It's a safer mm-hmm. intersection now, yeah. too. Yeah, uh, t- to, to put in, you know, storefronts, perhaps store storefronts, offices, apartments, and to really have a great building that has lots of people in it and around it. I mean, that's the ideal next location. Um, I think that the Pendleton Flats project, I want to bounce back to that for just a minute. Sure. You know, it's such a cool project, and yeah, we have talked about well, maybe that. I think the rent there is less than the heating bill in my house. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, but a cool project, and and not just a, not just a single build. It's a build of a community. It ties in so nicely with the park. Mm-hmm. It ties in so nicely with the charter school, with SVN. Sure. It ties in so nicely with everything right there that it's developing, it's a development of community, not just a single project. And that's what's really great about that project. Ditto on the arts block. Again, it's, you know, storefronts, studios, um, residential studios Mm -hmm. it's a cool community build not not just building apartments as we see so much of going on in so many places and i think oh sorry did you have another point there i think worth mentioning is the fact that the pendleton flats complex was built upon an already existing complex that had kind of been run down a little bit so not only do you build something great but it's an improvement upon something that was already there. And that's the same case with the arts block. You got a, an abandoned gas station, essentially. And then you're going to build kind of a mixed-use development mm-hmm. centered around artists and building kind of a nice little community there where right now is a business that isn't operational anymore. Right. And not just on, you know, going Pendleton Flats, not just improving a, a building that was already there, but absolutely eradicating the crime that has been happening in that building. I've been here for 20 years. The crime has been happening in that building for 20 years. Right. So not only are we, you know, building 
a new space and place, but eradicating the history of the nonsense that used to go on there. Right. And to your point about independence in Benton, you mentioned putting a nice mixed-use complex there or something of that Mm -hmm. nature, getting a lot of people to that intersection. Mm -hmm. Because nothing scares away bad people like a group of good people. Exactly. So maybe that's oversimplifying things a little bit, but I think that kind of gets to the heart of it, is you get good people in there who are doing the right things and are going about their business in a way that helps the whole community well, you know, the the spiders, so to speak, you know, you put you shine a light and everybody scurries back into the darkness. You don't want to be a part of that. If there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of traffic, maybe a security guard or something that's going to hired by the business or something of that nature. So I think that is one of those mm-hmm. things that could end up being a real boon for the entire Northeast. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I did want to ask you as well about the, the Northeast Chambers, the, the real estate exchange. Uh, H-N-E-R-E-X, Historic Northeast Real Estate Exchange. I'm glad you said that because I was probably going to butcher it badly. But um, I, I did. we heard back at the Northeast News, somebody wrote us a letter to the editor that we subsequently published. It was an agent who had participated who just was really excited, I think maybe a little bit surprised, but enthused about what could come here. And I just wanted to reach out to see if you heard anything else from, from maybe agents that were there. And if so, what? We have heard from other real estate professionals that were there, uh, included brokers, agents, uh, mortgage companies. We have heard, and they're excited about we're going to do another event similar to that on a quarterly basis. So in January, we will have real estate professionals here again. What did we hear? We heard great things. We heard, I never knew this. I never knew that as we took them on this bus tour, uh, sharing with them the community that we're so proud of and that all of us work so hard on, continuing to develop a great community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've since heard, and we've been back. I brought my I brought my kids back, and we went to that one little store that we stopped in, or I brought them back and showed them where Henry Ford's office was. Or I brought I brought my father here and took him over to get some bakery at Elvira's. So we've heard really good things. They're really looking forward to sharing that information. All too often we've heard, and I've heard this on the, from the residential side. Ah, yeah, my realtor said nah, I don't want to. I'm not going to share anything with you over there. That's a bad place. Mm-hmm. I think after they got off the bus, three hours on a bus with us. They got off the bus saying, there are good things here. We are going to start looking at it from a different perspective. Hmm. Do we have any signed contracts yet? Not yet. But do we have some developers that are interested in doing something and in at least having conversation? I have an appointment on Monday. Wow. So that's good news. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, you were on a roll there, so I didn't want to interrupt. But pray do tell, where was Ford's office? I didn't, I didn't know that. Oh, it's located over off of Winchester. Oh, really? The old Ford plant. It was, uh, what's the address? 1600 Winchester. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> I'll have to check it out sometime. I didn't know that. You, ju- you just enlightened me, so I appreciate it. Well, while we're talking about development, I did also want to ask you about c- some commercial development going on. Um, residential development is one thing, but commercial development drives a lot, and I think 
it's worth mentioning the old Mi Mercado, where uh, Chuck Kuda's development agency is working on bringing Family Dollar. In fact, I'm sure we could drive by right now and see some activity there. And if not, then they'll be there tomorrow, or they were there yesterday because they're doing a lot of work there. How's your impression of of how that construction is unfolding and how things are looking? Well, I think it's looking. I think it's looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it was one of the stops on our on our real estate tour just to be able to share how we can reuse some of the existing inventory in very um, in very special ways. I know that uh, to many, a family dollar store is not a very special way, mm-hmm. but it is an anchor tenant that will uh, take up 10,000 square feet of that 30,000 square feet. And they're making it look nice. And it's looking good. Mm-hmm. It's looking good. Chuck has done another project up off of Vivian Road, mm-hmm. uh, formerly an Apple Market, that is looking. I mean, it's bringing business there. They've got, uh, they have a pet store there. Mm-hmm. Perhaps we'll have some uh, a similar pet store go into this location. Well, yeah. Chuck was actually on the record with us saying that he was very optimistic that something, uh, a pet store, would come to fruition there. So. Nothing signed on that front either, but uh, optimism from CUDA, I think, sp- speaks to maybe some of the momentum that you get once you, s- you start putting something together like this. Right. People want to people move into a place that has a good anchor because they know that that anchor is going to bring more business to them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to uh, see where Family Dollar goes with this. Perhaps they will... Uh, close another location, mm-hmm. but it's a great location with good parking. I think there are a lot of pluses on that property, right. and you know it's a it's a full city block. Right, it's a city block that has been a blighted, empty storefront for way too long. So I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a a win for our community. And other things he's talking about there. I mean, I don't think anything is really. 100% quite yet, but I mean, he's talking about maybe getting some food options in there, drink options, maybe a coffee or something of that nature. So uh, there's still a lot of dominoes to fall on that one, but there's some exciting developments that I think people, if they, maybe they aren't incredibly enthused by the thought of getting a family dollar, but they might be incredibly enthused about what follows in that wake. Exactly. So, it'll, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, you mentioned blight. You know, there's that sign out front of, of that Mi Mercado that essentially has not had anything in it since that it, the, the last tenant over there shuttered their operations. Uh, Chuck has talked about taking that down and replacing it with a smaller monument sign that you can put on the corner. There are some issues to work through, but it seems like they're kind of coming a, coming along a compromise where Chuck will kind of finance or underwrite the the alteration of the Independence Avenue overlay plan in order to allow a monument sign to be put there seems like that's kind of where we're headed is that your impression I I, I think that is um, the direction that we're heading and when I speak of blight I do speak of the pole sign they right. are I mean that's pretty bad looking it's just empty they are um, they are no longer uh, allowed to be installed operating businesses use them still. Uh, the Independence Avenue overlay is basically sidewalk to sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So in order to put a, a sign, a monument sign, 
the Independence Avenue overlay, the steering committee, uh, and there were many of us that were involved in that, really didn't look at each individual property and say, how are we going to be able to work the signage on these properties that sit so deep into the rear property line, mm -hmm. such as this property, such as the Price Chopper, uh, such as the Westlake area. Mm -hmm. How do we how do we get good signage so that we can do good business there? Because right. good businesses aren't going to go in without good signage. Yeah, good businesses want viable signage. Exactly. So, yeah. so yes, and uh, Chuck, I think being a a a good developer has has offered to work with the city and has worked with a steering committee here in the community to identify a just tweaking the signage on very specific plots of parcels. Right. And I think it's going to work well for businesses and the community as a whole. And on his end, I think being able to point to a successful project over on Vivian Road, a development that is comparable in a lot of ways, it probably speaks to to his credit on that. I mean, it, I'm sure it benefits things moving forward that he can point to another development that was really quite similar that is already at a farther development stage and is providing dividends already. So I, I think that kind of gives him a little bit more credibility mm -hmm. when you're in these negotiations. So I agree. I agree. Somewhat interesting there. Uh, you you mentioned the um, the overlay, the limits of it, the the sidewalk to sidewalk, and that's probably as good of a transition as we're going to get to discussing the the sandwich board situation, which has kind of come up a couple of times. I've seen the agenda for next week, City Plan Commission. You're on that board, so you can't talk about too many of the specifics, but you brought up an interesting point when we were dis discussing this element, and I thought it would be worth mentioning on the record here regarding the limits of the overlay, right? As far as I understand it, after talking to you, the sandwich boards aren't actually, wouldn't really fall under the guidance of, of the overlay, is that right? Not at all, because sandwich boards are typically on the sidewalk, mm -hmm. and the sidewalk is not in the overlay. It's city property, so the sandwich boards are not there. Right. Overlay is strictly from sidewalk to sidewalk is not in the overlay. Right. It's from uh, front of business to the edge of the sidewalk, essentially, with the sidewalk being right. under the from city's purview. From back of the parcel. Right. From the rear parcel, a lot line to the front lot line. Right. Is where the Independence Avenue overlay goes into effect. And the city kind of has their own rules and regulations as it relates to sandwich boards. I think across the board they're not allowed, but they are used in a lot of places. Right. So it seems like they want to address that in some way where it's a little bit more clear. That's what the agenda looks like. Okay. And I won't ask you to, to delve into your own opinions on that, uh, but I thought it was worth mentioning that sort of angle between the overlay and how it doesn't really reflect what the city can actually do or, or, or what businesses can actually do on their sidewalks in front of their business. That's that's more of a Casey Mo issue, right? That is a Casey Mo ordinance issue. Right. Okay. Well, good. I appreciate you taking this time and talking to me about these issues. Obviously, it's an exciting time for development in the Northeast, and I know you've got some exciting stuff coming up, too. 
I think you had something you wanted to discuss as well regarding an event that you had set up for the holiday season. Ah, pop-ups. Yeah. Uh, the Chamber has a location at 2659 Independence Boulevard that we've been scheduling small pop-ups there. Small businesses um, come in. We've had a couple of... Amelia's Bloomers has popped up a couple of times. Uh, we've had a couple, and we're scheduling our next one our planning session starts next week for a holiday pop-up, and we'd love to have some of our local makers, artists, etc., cetera, uh, come in and join us for that. Love for them to give us a call. I'd tell you to go to our website, but it's having its a little ups and downs at the moment. <laughs> yeah, speaking of uh, ups and downs, huh? Yeah, so give us a call, 231-3312, and let us sit down and chat about this pop-up. We'll see more pop-ups in the spring, art gallery-style pop-ups. Okay. So now, is there an email address that they can reach out if they, they, they prefer to do it that way? They can, indeed. It's nekcchamber at aol.com. Okay, cool. Well, we will, uh, and I'm sure as we get some more details out there, people will be able to look in the Northeast news pages for some of that info as well. So I, I do appreciate you sitting down and talking to us. Was there anything else you wanted to bring up before we call it here? I think that's it. I'm excited about what is happening in the Northeast and what is going to happen. It's yeah. it's hot. It's a, it's a hot place to want to be right now. Cool. I appreciate you taking the time and being with us today. And that was pretty harmless, right? Thank you very much. Thank you. So that is it for my conversation with Northeast Kansas City Chamber of Commerce President and Independence Avenue CID Manager, Bobby Baker-Hughes. Thank you again to Bobby for taking part in this interview, and thank you for listening. This is Paul Thompson, signing out.